Welcome to another powerful teaching from Dr. Todd J. Pulliam, pastor of One Accord Church. Church or ToddJPulliam.com and you'll find out any different additional information that you may need on One Accord Church and on how God is using me and the people of this great ministry in this season. Also send us your testimonies, send us your prayer requests, and uh, questions that you may have on the teaching as well. Praise God. I'd like to take a moment and just also uh, inform everyone that on every Tuesday at 11.30 a.m., we have a dynamic prayer session with the intercessory prayer team. And in this season, they have allowed me to come in and begin to teach what will be in our Bible college, a curriculum called Prayer Institute. And our desire with this particular curriculum is to teach the body of Christ to pray, to taste Jesus, to fellowship with him, to practice his presence. And there is so much about it, and we have taught two sessions already. You are more than welcome to come every Tuesday, 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 a.m. And get an understanding of what prayer is about, why pray. Uh, We have found out that if a Christian is not wanting or seeking to pray, then there is something there left to be desired. And uh, prayer is fellowshipping and communicating with God. There is no relationship that is enhanced or enriched without communication, uh, which must be consistent. And it's often that we want people to treat us that way, but it is God who is waiting on us to treat him that way. You sow the seed of faithfulness to God in communication and prayer, and God will then respond with a tremendous harvest of that into your life as well. We've been teaching a very powerful series. This is part four of being led of the Holy Spirit, or you could say being led by the Holy Spirit. It's your choice. And uh, we've, uh, we've just had a dynamic time. I, I don't know if I, can, if I have enough time to go back and, and go over every single thing that we have uh, taught, but uh, just a couple of points of emphasis is that when a person is born again, it is their spirit that is instantly born again, and it is their spirit that instantly receives eternal life. Uh, another point that we made in the teaching is that all promises by God and of God must be received in your spirit in order to affect the rest of your being, which is your soul and your body. Your spirit is your true innermost being, not your soul. Your soul is saved over the process of time. And your soul being saved is your responsibility. The apostle said that you ought to work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling, which means that uh, there is a transformation that must take place in your soulish man. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Praise the Lord. Um, It's important that we understand that. Okay. All right. Your soul, I'm just giving you these notes that we've went over in the first three teachings. Your soul is for the benefit of your encounter with humanity. Your spirit is for your benefit when you encounter God. God fellowships with your spirit, which is the real you. Amen? And as more and more people become more spiritual and their spirits are regenerated, then you can deal with them spiritually. And the more mature you become, you live your life spiritually, avoiding or abandoning the flesh, uh, which is uh, being over-emotional or having the wrong thoughts, Uh, and the wrong intentions and pursuits. 
So uh, no longer does your mind, will, and emotions control you, but you control them now by the direction of your spirit, which is teamed up with the Holy Ghost, and you all have become one. Can I get an amen? amen. And the longer that the Holy Spirit is teamed up with your spirit and you become one, the more of what we call the fruit or the residue or the harvest of his existence in your life begins to show and manifest. So joy, right? Kindness, love, right? Temperance, which is self-control, and so much more. Long-suffering, forgiveness. These are fruits of the Spirit uh, as a result of him being teamed up with your spirit and you yielding. All right, that's pretty good overture or, or rehearsal of where we have been. Uh, and uh, in our last teaching, we went with Hebrews 4 and 12 and 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, just proving to you that you are of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Hebrews 4 and 12 teaches us that the word of God is able to divide between the spirit and the soul. That's necessary so you know that there is a difference between the two. The word is the food for the spirit. The spirit then feeds the soul. And then the soul is renewed, which is your mind. All right? Well, and emotions. Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 through 3 teaches us this. All right. It is your spirit that will contain faith and contain authority and contain power. It needs that to rule over your soul and your body. But it also needs that in order to rule over other spirits. Other spirits will not pay attention to your flesh except to see it as a weakness and know that they can encounter you. The apostle wrote us and said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rules of the darkness, spiritual wickedness, where? And high places. So you are, when you're born again, regenerated. Your spirit, which was dead, comes to life. Until then, your soul ran you. There's a lot of confusion over this, but hopefully we can straighten this out a little bit more today. It was your soul because your spirit was dead and it died upon entering into the earth. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. You will need to experience a second birth because with the first birth, your flesh led things. You were born of the flesh. When you're born again, you're born of the word. And so that is what gets to your spirit and gives it life again. It's generated, regenerating, which means it was alive at one time. You were with God, and when you came here on assignment, your spirit died. Your soul remained alive. You picked up an earth suit. Got it? Is it okay? You with me? All right, praise the Lord. And so we also talked about the definitions of the word spirit the human spirit is defined in the Greek as pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, a current of air, a breath, a blast, breath of the, uh, of the nostrils or mouth. Um, 
And let me just, for the sake of moving further, uh, let you know that it is the same Greek word for the Holy Spirit. And let you know that when God breathed into man and man became a living, the Bible calls it soul, but man was a living soul after Adam fell. Initially, man was a living spirit made in the image and likeness of the Almighty. You must embrace that truth. And I'm not sure if that verse was uh, prophetic in how they uh, translated it in terms of where Adam was going to go, but I know that you were a spirit because you received the breath of God. You received his spirit. And upon obeying Satan and not God, the Holy Spirit was gone. And the spirit of man died. Got it? Well, now, wait a minute. You're just looking at me. Remember now, until he fell, he walked in the garden and fellowship with the Almighty every day. And it said, in fellowship with the voice of God. That's the Holy Spirit. You see. All right. Wish we could put more time there. So spirit in the Greek pneuma is the same defined word used for Holy Spirit as well. In the Hebrew, the same word for spirit is ruah. We refer to the person of the Holy Spirit in the Hebrew as Ruach Kakadish. This is the sanctified spirit of God. This is the Holy Spirit. Holy means this spirit is different from all others. When something is holy, it is set apart. It is sanctified. It is different from. Praise the Lord. Soul is defined in the Greek as suke. P-S-U-C-H-E. The seat of the feelings, desires, and affections of humanity. The mind, will, and emotions. This is the definition for the word soul. You now see there's a difference. Your soul ran you. It is a reference to your old nature. When you're born again, God regenerates your spirit. And then he puts in there his nature, godly nature. And the Holy Spirit lives with you. Now, there is a verse that the Lord brought to my spirit uh, uh, about 1230 in the morning. And it, Jesus said that if you embrace, allow me to paraphrase, or obey my word, then the Father and I will come and make our dwelling place in you, make our abode. Well, obviously, in the physical, Jesus could not come and live inside of you. So he obviously was referring to the person of the Holy Spirit. And the only way he can live inside of you is to partner with your spirit. Okay? Now, your spirit contains and should control your soul. 
not the other way. But because before you were born again, your spirit was dead, there was no resistance to what Satan presented to your soul. You lived off of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Being born again, now you are reattached with your real father. Made in his image and in his likeness. So now the, in order for that to be true, you, the person, the spirit, is immediately born again, right? You receive eternal life. I'm just rehearsing so you got it, right? All right. And now you control your mind will and emotions or you wouldn't have the responsibility of renewing your mind to renew something you have to be in control of it now remember initially when you were made you were given the anointing to restore all right let's go Genesis Uh, if I'm moving fast That's why it is so important for you to get the teachings. It's not expensive at all, folks. But when you get it, slow your day down and start your day off with devotion and some teaching. All right? It'll help you. All right? Genesis 1 and 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own what? Image. Now, remember, he said, let us. The plurality is there. We'll come back and we'll really put some time into that uh, because I think that the church gets divided far too often over what we call Godhead teachings. We, 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 can, we can go beyond that. We can, we can overcome that. All right. So God, verse 27 again, Genesis 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Check this out. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. And do what to the earth, folks? Replenish. Refill. So you have that anointing. So you have the responsibility with your mind to renew it. It doesn't mix. That doesn't mean mix things. Don't keep your old thoughts and mix in God's thoughts. Renew. Make like brand new again. That's your authority with the word. Empty out all the old thoughts and put in the new thoughts. So that changes forgiveness. It changes long-suffering. It changes bitterness. It changes every way that you think and how you respond to humanity. <clears throat> and it, it changes your emotional base. And as we talk, it is actually the purpose of God with you being filled with the Holy Ghost that you would even see a change in your personality. Why? Because you were made in his image and in his likeness. So the word should start making changes. The key word is conformity, force fit. You have to challenge you to make the changes to become Christ-like. Amen. 
And it says here that you can replenish the earth and subdue it. So you can do your mind. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth, including your mind. Amen. Thank you for <laughs> working with me. <laughs> I get tickled because you have this appearance like, oh, wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're working with this. Amen. All right. So now let's go to James chapter number one. Okay. Because we ended with a statement uh, that we said we were going to go into, and we will. And that was uh, 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 that your, the voice of your inner spirit, the real you, is, the, is, is, your, is uh, the voice of your conscience. Uh, and, and so people say, I'll just follow my conscience. We, we're going to define all of that today so you can go home with an understanding and, and you, won't, you won't get lost by that. Uh, you know, some people believe that your conscience was, was just, because your spirit was dead, was just bad. But you, your spirit doesn't become the voice of your conscience until after you're born again. That, that's the way God has taught this to me. Uh, uh, because when I define consciousness for you, you're going to say, oh, I get it. Be because while your spirit is dead, obviously your, your soul is leading you. Okay, it's, it's, it's the old nature. All right, so we'll, we'll get into that. James chapter 1, come on, let's go Christians. You all right out there? Okay, now I, I, I'm always for the rest of my life, like Dr. Roy Hicks Sr. taught me over a phone call one day, I was very fortunate that Dr. Mark Barkley introduced his father faith to me and um, in humility, my humility, they took a liking and thought they would share some things with me and I am determined to uphold what they shared with me. He said, even when you get into your 80s, you're forever learning. So if we come back with a greater teaching, all it is is revelation knowledge. But right now I'm giving you all I got from the Holy Ghost. Amen. James 1, and let's look at verse 18. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to read through the verse 21, and then we're going to work on some things very quickly here. Of his own will begat he us. How? With the word of truth. So we're birthed from his word. That makes us spiritual. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And so that means that we should evangelize the world. We should reproduce. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. There should be more spirit-filled believers all over the earth as a result of our existence. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Remember that? We went over that already. What? Slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So the only way to get that fixed is to renew your mind. Amen. All right, verse 21, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Get a, get, just lay aside all the sin you can. All the uncleanness and outgrowth of wickedness and lawlessness. Okay, lay apart, which means don't yield. Well, I don't know, Brother William, don't yield. And it's better, it's easier saying it than doing it. That's why faith and the finished work of Jesus Christ is so important. Because when you fail to yield, you just yield to that. 
and, and keep working. Keep putting the word in. Amen. All right. Boy, I got a whole lot of enthusiasm on that. And receive with meekness or humility the engrafted word. This is a word that makes a difference in you, engrafted. You, you, you've had something. In, who, has anybody ever taken woodworking uh, in, in high school or with leather? Worked with leather in, in high school. Oh, praise his name. Uh, oh, praise the Lord. There's a couple people. Thank you, Jesus. I was trying to say, oh, Lord, and people going to find out I was Votech. And uh, <laughs> I know what y'all thinking. All bad kids with the Votech. Well, listen, they just try to keep my attention. Praise the Lord. Help me out. Amen. Praise God. And they did a good job. There's nothing wrong with that. It's great, actually. And, you know, and when I took, you know, shop, is what it was called, but there was woodwork and a leatherwork in it. To engraft a name, you used a, a, a tool, an artifact, one that was sharp enough and then another that had heat. All right, one cut and the other embraced. The engrafted word of God, as you can see, doesn't just gloss over you. It makes an imprint. Okay, you see? That's why he uses the potter for illustration. Because the potter shapes, but to hold the shape, the potter has to what? Heat it. So engrafted, the word cuts, lays it. Okay? All right? And then the heat comes to burn it in place. Give it that nice uh, brownish you know, no, nobody made spice racks or, uh, you know, a, a piece of wood with your name on it? Didn't you at least make the name plate for your front door? Oh, oh Lord, she did something, but she can't remember. Okay, all right, but you did it. Amen. What was that? Oh. Ah, ah. Yes, and the ladies, they took... Uh, uh, cooking and kitchen and all that stuff. And I even had to take that class. I, I, had, I had a rough year or two in high school and had to take a whole lot of stuff to, to get right with Jesus. You know, oh, I became a favorite in the cooking class. Oh, Todd, you sure can't cook. Yeah, I sure can, baby. I can cook. What else you want to learn? What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what you say? Let me move on here, all right? Now, the engrafted word, which is able to do what? Save your what? Oh, what? You're not enthused. Aren't you glad the word can save you? Okay, which is able to save your what? Okay, so now, is he talking to unbelievers or is he talking to believers? Okay, I've got the answer for, the answer's right. He's talking to believers. That means it's only your spirit that is instantly and intimately saved and you receive eternal life. Your soul is what you work your salvation out on because you're responsible to save it. And, and, and if you conform to the word of God, you'll even pull your body into order. Paul said, I pray that you're able to present your whole being, spirit, soul, and body 
to the Lord blameless. So uh, even even as we develop uh, 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 in, in our mindset with a renewed mind, our health becomes perfect. Somebody give me Third John two, and and, and I, I want I want you to read it loud. Well, no, seeing as though we're in the season where we exchange and stuff, and, and I don't know about it, I'll read it. Third John. There's there's such wonderful people in my media team. They they dynamic. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, catch this folks, and be in what? What's the rest? Even as thy what? All. All. So you calling for people to be instantly corrected in their behavior. It's not right. Now, there are some people that when they get born again and filled with the Spirit, there are a lot of things that immediately evict from their life. But that can't be the standard for everybody. It can be what we reach for. The Scripture teaches you and I to mature or strive for perfection. That means maturity, completion in Christ Jesus. Amen. There are some things that after you walk with Jesus a while, you should not have to give in to. Well, praise him. Okay. But I also teach at the same time that if you're going to condemn yourself or others over it, you're in error. So even after somebody's been walking with the Lord 10 to 15 years, you, you don't have a right to go to them and say, well, I'm going to have to come after you a little bit and get you straight because you've been walking with the Lord for 15 years. You ought to be corrected about that thing. That's not your place. See, you don't know what other advancements that they have made in their walk with Christ, with Christ. And it ain't your business. I always use myself as an illustration so that you can understand that the reality is there's nobody perfect, and we can start with Pastor Puglia. Hello and hallelujah. There are things in me that require work. Oh, there are times the Lord has said, oh, Lord. Wait a minute, I am Lord. This boy here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told you, I walked the street one time, the man refused to wave every time I'd wave at him. He'd drive a while, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Listen, if you do it, I'm going to leave your finger in that position for the rest of your life. My thoughts are just like anybody else's. I have to corral them. Got it? I have to bind them up. Get control of them. Bring them in. Right. Okay. As a matter of fact, let, let me let me show you how real this warfare is. I have to be careful who I surround myself with. I have to surround myself with people that can handle a weak moment in my life, or see my vulnerabilities and not fall apart. 
You know what makes it easier? If I continue to teach reality and truth to you and use real life illustrations, then if, 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 if those around me that surround me see a weak moment, it's like, well, that's him. And it'd be kind, really nice and encouraging if they would bend their knee at night and say, well, Lord, I'm sure somebody else has prayed to you about this. I'm sure he's prayed to you about it, but I'd just like to join him. He needs help. This makes us nervous because we've spent our entire religious lives hiding what's wrong with us and, and not knowing what to do. And this teaching is just blowing us out of the waters because we're realizing we're really saved, but it's our soul that needs saving, which is your mind, will, and emotions. Praise him. This will stop us from being so self-righteous. You should come to my church because at least uh, 75 to 80% of my church is so saved. I'm telling you, they just don't fall to nothing. You better stop that lying. Nobody here is happy with that lie. Why? Because there are things we work on. Hallelujah. But now here's how we love on you. If we think you're struggling in a certain area, you know what we do? We find a winner and we attach them to your life. And we make sure somebody that knows how to be attached to help disciple you without putting you down and without putting your business out on the street. And you know what? They're going to be a winner in that area, but they've probably got an area they're not winning in and probably need a winner themselves in that area. We're all connected. We need each other more than we admit. Amen. Nudge your neighbor and say, you're a winner. I know it. Tell them, say, God, nudge them and say, God has used you to help others. Okay, now. All right, so the engrafted... Thank you for listening to another teaching on the Dr. Todd J. Pulliam podcast. We call you blessed.